We have been in this series titled, Do Your Job, a study in the book of Ephesians, an exhortation in a loving, caring way to exhort the men and women of faith, the body of Christ, to do their job. Today I want to preach from the subject, Free to Serve, and our text is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. Let's look at the text. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Social scientists in helping us understand human behavior and the things that link humanity together across ethnic, geographical, cultural, political, and any other ways we can be divided, have shared with us the following. Every human being, regardless as to socioeconomic status or background, since the beginning of the time of man, seven billion people in the world, we share these in common. We long for love, we wish we had more time, and we fear death. The amazing life that followers of Jesus have been offered in him, in Christ that is, satisfies each of these. Being in Christ satisfies our longing for love, our desire for more time, and the fear of death, and these having been satisfied, make us free to serve. In Christ, we have, first of all, redemption through his blood. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Verse 7 marks a shift in tense from the previous verses 3 through 6 of some point in the past to the present possession of salvation on a continual basis. This word redemption, apolutrosin, means to be released from a captive condition. Jesus has set us free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. No longer are we captive to sin's penalty or to its power. Jesus has set us free and redeemed us. I want you to notice, we've been set free. We've been redeemed through his blood. In other words, Jesus gave his life to set us free, 
so that we might experience the love we long for in an unconditional way. God's judgment and justice had to be satisfied. Jesus stood in our place as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Having redeemed us, we get to experience that redemption because Jesus, through his blood, gave his life so that we might live. An unconditional love. He didn't wait for us to come to the awareness that we needed a Savior. He didn't wait for us to recognize that we had done that we had wrongly done God. He didn't wait for us, as we sometimes say, to get our act together. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 5.8 that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were completely unable to help ourselves, Jesus died for us. Not waiting on us to get our act together, not waiting for us to become deserving of his death or anything of this sort. He demonstrates his unconditional love by dying in our place and for us. We get to experience the love we long for by his dying for us and taking the punishment we deserve. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. How did Jesus die? The Bible records that he died suspended on a cross. Now, there he is. He is suspended, literally, between heaven and earth. No longer on earth because earth has rejected him. Yet at the same time, not ready to be welcomed into heaven. Jesus, as a human being, experiences what you and I experience as a human being. The fact that you're alive today means that you're not ready to be welcomed by heaven. You're still here on earth. And yet at the same time, everybody on earth does not accept you. Sometimes we are rejected by the very people we thought would be there to support us. Jesus, in dying in our place, gives us the opportunity to experience in its purest sense unconditional love because we were not able to help ourselves. And since we get this love that we long for, we are free to serve. Not only do we get the love we long for, he gives us our wish for more time. In Christ, we have forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The verse continues in Ephesians 1, 7 and says, In him we have the forgiveness of our trespasses. Uh, the word forgiveness means to remove the guilt resulting from wrongdoing. Oftentimes, uh, this word trespass suggests or rather in our culture, uh, the denotation would be wrongdoing. You can do wrong intentionally. You can do wrong unintentionally. It doesn't matter. 
when we do wrong, oftentimes the guilt plagues us. What Christ has done in forgiveness is not basing what he does on whether or not we deserve to be loved. His love is unconditional. But in forgiveness, he removes from us the burden and the guilt that we carry. This burden can be so overwhelming that when people come in our past who knew us, uh, they remind us, I knew you before you came to Christ. I remember when you used to do this thing or that kind of, of thing. And that burden sometimes plagues us to the extent that we feel we have wasted time. So, But Jesus, having removed the guilt, then we're able to see that uh, time in the past is just that time past. We don't have to worry or be plagued about it. It is just time that is gone. It's over now. Sometimes that burden has us feeling that we should have lived or would have lived or could have lived a kind of a life. But being free from the guilt of the past means that we are free to live a life that says, I didn't. Let's move on. The Bible describes that in the book of Philippians, forgetting those things that are behind and stretching towards those things that are before. The past is just the past. Every sinner has a past. Every saint has a present. Jesus gives us more time by removing the guilt that sometimes keeps you and me stuck in the past. Since my guilt from the past has been removed, I am free to serve in the present. Jesus also gives us more time by lavishing upon us wisdom and prudence according to his purpose. Now, I want you to get this. Removing the guilt takes care of my time, my wishing to make up for lost time or wasted time. But that's in the past. How do I move forward? The Bible says in Ephesians 1.8, that he has lavished upon us with his grace, wisdom and insight, wisdom and prudence, wisdom and judgment. The, the wisdom and insight then allows you and me to make good decisions because it's based on the truth of scripture. <laughs> and when we make decisions, Based on the truth of scripture, it protects us and keeps us from wasting time. I want you to notice, most of us have lived long enough to be able to appreciate this statement. If I knew then what I know now, and sometimes we lament, if we think about it in its rudimental form, 
the decision that we made then was the best decision we could make based upon what we knew. If we had more information, we could have made a better decision. So we don't intentionally go around making bad decisions. Our decisions are framed and characterized by what we know. The God we serve is all-knowing, and he knows everything. And his desire for his children is to make good decisions. How does he do that? He gives us wisdom and judgment. Through his word, 66 books of scripture which guide us. David said, it's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. He gives us his spirit which guides us according to John 16, into the way of all truth, because he testifies of Jesus Christ, who lived as a human being a perfect life. And so what he does is moving forward, as you and I walk in the spirit of faith, as we walk in victory, we're able to have the time redeemed for us, giving us more time, because now we're making decisions based on the truth of God's word, and our time then gets maximized. Yes, Jesus maximizes our time, which means we have more time. With this more time, you and I are free to serve. Finally, Jesus takes away my fear of death. Because in Christ, I have an inheritance according to the counsel of his will. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.11, In him, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. Not that we might obtain, not that we will obtain, but we have obtained an inheritance. Now, in order to receive an inheritance, someone has to die. But in order for me, in order for you to enjoy an inheritance, we have to live. Well, we obtained the inheritance because of Christ's death. How on earth then will we enjoy it if you and I one day will die? Well, since we've obtained the inheritance, it's important that we understand what kind of inheritance that it is. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a living expectation of God's purposes being accomplished both in and through us. How is that? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Then in verse 4, he says, to an inheritance. Now watch this. This is how the inheritance is described. It is imperishable. It is undefiled. It is unfading. And it is kept in heaven for you. Now I want you to get this. Every inheritance on earth is perishable, can be defiled, fades away, and it's right here. But the inheritance that God has given us 
is an inheritance that's kept for us in heaven. It will not perish. It is undefiled and it is unfading. That means in order for you and me to enjoy the inheritance, we have to be alive, which means that our fear of death has been conquered and overcome. Did Christ die? Yes. Is Christ alive now? Yes. Will Christ ever die again? No, he won't. In like fashion, since Christ died in our place, we have already died. Since Christ rose again in our place and we live now, we live with resurrection power at work in us. When this earthly body of ours uh, will lie silent and sleep in the grave, the body will be buried or planted in the ground, but what makes you, you and me, me will be alive, present with God until God resurrects our bodies to a new glorified state that can enjoy the inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you and me. Hear the words of Jesus. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am, there you may be also. How on earth can you and I have our longing for love satisfied, our desire for more time satisfied, and our fear of death conquered? All this required is for you to come just as you are and give your life to Christ because all of these things happen in him and it allows us to be free to serve. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you is my prayer.